In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please be seated? You know things are tough when you decide to preach on the Old Testament reading. (laughs) See, well away from the Gospel, all I can see is myself getting into trouble from that one. Um, It's a reading about the resurrection, to be sure. Um, But I thought that focusing in the direction of the Old Testament today um, would would be a good thing. Uh, and as I read through it, um, there's a very clear, as, um, as we heard at the beginning, as Delma said to us, there's a very strong sense of what God is calling the Israelites to is building. Uh, and that's the focus that I'm going on this morning. I remembered when I was young, or younger, young, I don't know, it's too hard to tell anymore. Um, Dad used to do a lot of building around the house. We lived in uh, a new estate um, in Manly West, which was sort of on the outskirts of Wynnum and Manly at that stage in Brisbane. Um, A lot of new estates were being built in there at that time, so this is the early 80s. Um, And often what happened was houses were just built on blocks and that was pretty much it. The idea that you bought a fully landscaped house with a pool and lawn and all that sort of stuff just didn't exist in the early 80s. So I remember Dad, and look, to be fair, a lot of other people in the area would do a lot of building around the houses, building things like fences, building, uh, uh, concreting driveways, um, because, you know, you didn't, a lot of houses weren't even built with driveways, Um, building sheds, um, whatever, you know, the sort of thing I'm talking about. And as a part of that process, I remember being forced into child labour. And I can assure you, I painted a lot of fence palings. And Dad was very particular about how those fence palings got painted. He didn't put a fence up, nail the palings to the fence and then get you to paint the fence. All the palings and posts and rails had to be painted beforehand. So I remember stacks of palings and he'd come along and he'd look at it and he'd say, you've missed a bit. I also remember having to mix a lot of concrete and I had to do it the old-fashioned way in a wheelbarrow with a shovel. I have been deeply traumatised by these experiences. It's It's not a laughing matter. That's right. My father didn't just put a post in the ground for a fence. Every post was concreted in. It was like 600 by 600 by 600. There's a lot of concrete goes into that. I had splinters from palings. I had blisters from mixing concrete. I was bored because I couldn't watch the cartoons on a Saturday morning. It's traumatising is what that is. Alex is sitting there. She doesn't know the trauma doesn't understand. Now I know that I'm making light of all of this but the truth is that it was often hard, tiring and frustrating work and it could go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. But the end product was always great. It was always good to look at and you always felt like you had a sense of achievement and if nothing else I still remember how to mix concrete. I haven't done it for a long time and if I have my way I'll never do it again but I still remember how to do it. Being called to build things can be a very rewarding thing. Despite the difficulty and the frustration, it can be very rewarding. 
And in our Old Testament reading today, it's God who's calling the Israelites to build. And the reason? Well, the temple had been destroyed when they were exiled to Babylon. So they'd returned to Jerusalem some 18 years before today's reading with the intention of rebuilding the temple um, because it was vital to their lives and it symbolised the dwelling place of God amongst them. There are lots of readings where you hear about Zerubbabel um, you know, with the plumb line out to, to reset the foundations of the temple. So this was their place of worship, a central gathering place for their community of faith. And as I said, they prepared the foundation of the temple uh, the very first year that they came back from exile. And then they didn't do anything else for the next 17 years. They got distracted by getting their own lives back in order to worry about the temple. They wanted to build their own homes first so that they could have a nice place to live. Then they started earning wages and didn't have any extra time to work on the house of the Lord. In short, they got bored with the temple, they didn't have the time for God, and they started to make excuses. But then God called them to task in order to re-establish their priorities. Haggai, in our reading today and throughout the... It's not a particularly long uh, book. It's only two chapters. But he's really laying on the line here, calling them to account for the way they were living by essentially saying to them, you live in nice, comfortable homes. You spend your time on things that reward you, eating and drinking and buying nice clothes and blowing your money on frivolous things, all to the neglect of the house of the Lord. The moment has come when you need to get your collective acts together. You need to refocus your time, resources and energy on building for God instead of yourselves and there, or, or there will be consequences. The Lord is calling you to build. So they started building. And it appears even the governor and the high priest got in on the act. But they hadn't gotten very far along in building the temple before the people began to get discouraged and bored again. The older Israelites remembered the grand previous temple and this one that they were building looked nothing like it. So they adopted a defeatist attitude and said, if this temple's going to pale in comparison to the last one, then why are we even bothering to rebuild it? Why waste our time if we can't make it as glorious as it used to be? But God keeps on prodding. Three times we see God say, take courage. And then the Lord issues the imperative, work. So putting that, take courage and work. Now we might expect a little bit more empathy there, but God does not stipulate passive actions like think or talk or contemplate your belly button. God says, work, get on with it, get up off your floor cushions, get off your donkeys, turn away from yourself and toward me and work. I know it's hard to build, particularly when it doesn't look anything like you've envisioned in your mind. I know it takes blood, sweat, tears and sacrifice, but God is saying, do it anyway. And not a breath goes by and God says, for I am with you. 
I am the same God that marched your ancestors out of Egypt. I was with your people then and I will be with you now and forevermore. My spirit abides among you. Do not fear. You are called to build and I will be with you through it all. So today, this very, this, this very same ever-present God calls us to build. God calls us to reprioritize our lives and focused on acting upon our faith. It's true that we may be called to build physical structures like houses or churches, but we are more likely called to build up our relationships, our community, our families, our church, our spiritual lives, our character and one another. Now, although these words are addressed to people more than two and a half thousand years ago, they sound like they could be written for us today. Like the Israelites, many of us realise that we need to reprioritise our lives for the Lord. We get bored, we get distracted, we get discouraged and are bombarded with ads telling us that, we, that the things we just can't live without. People or organisations telling us what activities we have to sign up to do. And the secular world models the way we should, models that we should turn away from God and turn toward our own interests. And don't get me wrong, it's not that the Lord rebukes the people for taking care of themselves by seeking out the necessities of shelter, food, clothing and wages. What God is doing is admonishing them for not doing anything with what they have except satisfying themselves. And the consequence of all this is that the temple, the place where they meet God, which was once the centre of their lives as a community, is now barely missed as they went through their daily routines. And the truth is they hadn't even attempted to rebuild the temple in over 17 years. Now, many of us feel like this. We spin our wheels day in and day out. And what do we have to show at the end of it all, at the end of most days? But exhaustion. We push away or neglect our time with God because life is just too busy and too difficult. What is it that's made us blind to God as we're caught up in the busyness and cycle of, busyness and cycle of our desires. Now, the Old Testament says the Israelites lived in panelled houses. So they obviously knew how to build and were happy to build for themselves. But we have to ask, what kept them from building up the house of the Lord? What keeps us from building up the building for God? But more importantly... What is God calling us to build? There's a story of a bridge in China that's named or nicknamed Suicide Bridge. So upwards of a thousand people have died by jumping off that bridge. And one man decided to do something about it. Chen Si gets up early every weekend and travels by bus to that bridge. He keeps watch for those who seem to be suicidal or depressed and he carries a billboard which features a red heart at its center and the message on it is simple you only have one life please give yourself a chance the sun is bound to shine brighter tomorrow 
And there's been a dramatic reduction in the number of suicides at the bridge because of one man's actions. An ordinary man answered his call and made an extraordinary contribution. Habitat for Humanity founder Millard Fuller in his book The Theology of the Hammer stated that our Christian faith mandates that we do more than just talk about faith and sing about love. We must put faith and love into action to make them real, to make them come alive for people. Faith must be embodied. It must become more than a verbal proclamation or an intellectual assent. In Haggai's time, the rebuilding of the temple was a visible sign of the Israelites' determination to put God first in their lives. And just like the hot, frustrating days for me mixing concrete, the building doesn't always come easy, but it's always worth it, and the Lord of hosts is always there. So as you leave today, ask yourself this, what is God calling you to build? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.